right, welcome back to The Word Podcast. I'm Julian Spivey, the creator, editor, lead writer for The Word. You can find our website at thewordwebzine.weebly.com. And uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, uh, you can find us on Spotify, uh, Apple. We also are on Anchor, which is what we record with. Uh, I'm joined today by Tyler Glover, who, if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, surely know his name and voice by now. Welcome to the show, Tyler. Hey, glad to be here. We are going to start with uh, one of our favorite themes, which is us predicting, talking about and predicting uh, entertainment awards. And the last couple of years, the one that we've done first uh, in each year has been the Critics' Choice Awards. Uh, The 28th Annual Critics' Choice Awards will be held Sunday, January 15th, and they will be live on The CW. Uh, The telecast will be hosted by comedian Chelsea Handler. Uh, The movie Everything, Everywhere, All at Once leads all films with 14 total nominations. And the ABC sitcom Abbott Elementary leads all TV shows with six total nominations. Uh, So Tyler and I are going to start with the movie categories, the main ones at least. And then uh, midway through the show, we'll get to the television categories that we would like to talk about. Uh, let's start with the with the big one on the evening, Best Picture, and there are 10 nominees in this category, much like there will be at the Academy Awards in a couple of months. The nominees for Best Picture at the Critics' Choice Awards are Avatar The Way of Water, Babylon, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, R R R Tar Top Gun Maverick and Women Talking. So what Tyler and I are gonna do is we're gonna discuss who we think will win. If we have one that we would like to see win, we can mention that as well. I'm not gonna use the word should win because I don't think unless you've seen all of the in the category that that should be something you should say. Uh of these ten films nominated for Best Picture so far I have seen three of them. I have seen Elvis, I have seen Glass Onion, and I have seen Top Gun Maverick. How many of these ten have you seen this year, Tyler? Um, So far, this year, I've been behind. I've only seen two. I've seen Everything Everywhere All at Once and The Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. I really wanted to see The Banshees of Inisherin right now, which may be the front runner, uh, but um, recently my HBO Max uh, account ended, so I've got to get back on there and get that again. Because uh, that's one I've been wanting to see uh, since it was in theaters. It didn't come to our neck of the woods, but it is now streaming on HBO Max. Um, I feel like uh, the Banshees of Inisherin is probably the front runner to win. So that's what I'm going to predict here. That is Martin McDonough's movie about a friendship gone wrong in early 1900s Ireland. Uh, it stars Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson who reunited with McDonough as they were in his, I want to say 2007 or 2008 uh, black comedy in Bruges. Um, but I feel like this is an, a, a completely open field this year. I, I, even though I think the Banshees of Anna Sharon is, is the front runner. Like I said, at the beginning of the show, everything everywhere all at once led with 14 total nominations. So maybe it should be considered the front runner to win here, but I wouldn't be surprised with, with, a handful of these movies winning this uh, Best Picture award. What do you think, Tyler? Well, I, I actually kind of really agree with you, honestly, on that, because um, 
the way that I've kind of been summing up the race, I've, I feel like the two main ones like that I feel like could win is everything everywhere all at once and the Fablemans with like the Banshees of Inna Sheeran as kind of like a spoiler. But then, you know, I could even see Avatar winning or I could also see the RRR movie um, win too because I know that um, it kind of reminds me of like Parasite a few years ago. And, um, you know, one thing that I think is interesting about this race, you know, they um, is I kind of feel like it mirrors a race a few years ago um, between 1917 and um, Parasite because you have... Um, the Fablemans, which is just kind of like your typical Hollywood Oscar bait movie. And then you have everything everywhere all at once that's pushing boundaries and kind of being something different um, with great storytelling and, you know, things like that. And in a way, I kind of feel like it's almost that same way again. And I'm kind of predicting that it's going to go the same way as it did years ago with Parasite. And it's going to be everything everywhere all at once. I think that the, the movie, first of all, I thought the movie was incredible. I really enjoyed it and thought it was really fun and um and you just don't see anything like that very often and it was definitely very original and um i'm really excited i'm really excited i think that that is i, I think that everything everywhere all at once is going to win um but like you said i do think it's um you know pretty open yeah and if, if since we're talking the critics as as voting for these awards one way you can kind of get an idea of what might win would be going to say Rotten Tomatoes and looking at the tomatoometer. Uh, now that's not a foolproof way because I, we don't know which critics vote for these awards and which critics are on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I'm sure it's probably harder to get a vote in the Critics' Choice Awards than it is to get your review up on Rotten Tomatoes. But if you were to look at the tomatoometer, um, Banshees of Inna Sharon has a 97% fresh rating. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once has a 95. The Fablemans has a 91%. So that's that's part of what plays into maybe the Banshees of Inisherin, uh winning, in my opinion. Of the three movies that I watched in this category, uh, Glass Onion, A Nice Out Mystery was my favorite compared to Elvis and Top Gun Maverick. But I don't feel like it's... If I were to rank these movies on from one to ten on who I thought would most win, I think Glass Onion would probably come in at number nine or ten. So I don't think it stands much of a chance. Um, so, uh, is there one of the two that you saw? Was it was it everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once that you would prefer to see win? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but it is crazy because like Glass Onion was just crazy good too, though. So it's like I, it's one of those things where. If, I don't think it has a chance, but if it for some reason did, I would not be upset, you know? Well, let's move right on to the best director. And most of the directors of the best picture movies are, are nominated. Uh, I believe there's only a one that's not. So there will be one replacement. Uh, The best director nominees are James Cameron for avatar, the way of water, Damien Chazelle for Babylon, Todd field for tar Baz Luhrmann for Elvis Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inisherin. Sarah Pauly for Women Talking. Gina Prince-Bythewood for The Woman King. S.S. Rajamuli for RRR. And Steven Spielberg, some guy named Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. Uh, I'm not quite sure who that guy is. Um, 
the one difference here is Ryan Johnson, who was nominated, his, his Glass Onion is nominated for Best Picture. He's not nominated for Best Director. And Gina Prince Bythewood is nominated for Best Director for The Woman King, which somewhat surprisingly didn't get into the Best Picture category. Uh, so you predicted that you think uh, The Fablemans, Everything Everywhere, All at Once, uh, and The Banshees of Inisherin are probably the three favorites to win Best Picture. So of the three directors of those movies, who do you think is the most likely to win here? So I, you know, it's, I really, so I'm actually switching gears here because I, I think that they will want to give it to Steven Spielberg for the Fablemans. Like I feel like when it comes to the grand prize, they're going to want to give it to everything everywhere all at once. But I'll, I, I've just seen so many times where they just seem to go with a star director that does a great performance and um i just you know or to have give does a great film and i feel like they'll this will be their way of splitting it and kind of rewarding him as well mm-hmm. i i'm sticking with the guy who directed what i think is going to win best picture so i'm going with martin mcdonough for directing the banshees of anna sharon uh it's just my gut there but again it's it's wide open i do feel like the winner of of best picture will probably also take the best director award uh, except for for some reason, I don't know if the Daniels, which they refer to themselves as Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner, they they may have a rougher chance winning for everything everywhere all at once, just because there's two of them, and I can't ever remember a team of directors even being nominated, let alone winning an award. But maybe there's maybe this will be the first. You know, it's funny that you say that because that's part of the reason why, even though I was predicting it to win picture, like that just kind of made me deviate from thinking they could win director i was like i don't know like you know just with two like will they really think oh this is fascinating you know fascinating with two of them doing it you know versus one um you know i I didn't know how that would factor in to voting yeah i'm not quite sure either because it's something we've never seen before so so it'll be interesting Uh, let's go to best actress out of all these movie categories we're going to talk about tonight this is the only one that i think is a complete lock uh, the nominees for best uh, best actress are Kate Blanchett for Tar, Viola Davis for The Woman King, Danielle Deadweiler for Till, Margot Robbie for Babylon, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think Kate Blanchett's a lock to win for her uh, performance in Tar. It's a film I haven't seen yet, but everybody who has seen it, even if they don't quite like the movie, maybe as much as some people, they still rave about Kate Blanchett's performance. So I feel like she's going to be a lock to probably sweep all the best actress awards at all the major movie awards uh, we're going to see over the next couple months. Her only real uh, competition, I think, would probably be Michelle Yeoh from Everything Everywhere All at Once, just because it, it did get the most nominations. But I feel like this is definitely Kate Blanchett's uh, award to win. Yeah, I actually, me and you have completely the same reasoning um, in this category. I definitely think it's going to be Kate Blanchett to win, and I definitely think the clo- the closest, if, if it's not going to be Kate Blanchett, I definitely think it'll be Michelle Yeoh, and I don't think anyone else really stands a chance, honestly. Um, if they're but, the third place runner, it's probably Michelle Williams. But but again, it, it's it's going to be Blanchett. If somehow that doesn't happen, it's Yeoh. Yeah, well, and let me tell you, Michelle Williams is one of those that it, I'm, my mind is blown because like she was leading predictions to win the Best Supporting Actress Oscar, and then they decided to campaign her in Best Actress, which I know some people are very for that. 
um, you know, yeah. and so that there's not category fraud. But I do hate it for her because she's somebody that I would really want to see win an Oscar sometime soon. So that would have definitely been a way for her to get it. I think she would be the front runner right now for supporting actress if she would have, they would be campaigning, campaigning her that way. Well, I haven't seen The Fablemans yet because it never came to my local theater and I haven't shelled out the $20 to watch it on VOD at home. Uh, if, but it's it's supposedly based on the childhood of the director himself, Steven Spielberg. And in it, Michelle Williams is basically, her character is basically the stand-in for Spielberg's mother, whereas Paul Dana is basically the stand-in for Spielberg's father. And because I haven't seen it, I can't tell you whether or not I believe Michelle Williams should be in the category, but I, I can tell you that Paul Dano is in the best supporting actor category here. So it's not exactly even between those two, but again, maybe Williams's character has more screen time. Maybe she has more uh, to do with the story than, than Paul Dano does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's go to the uh, nominees for best actor. And they are Austin Butler for Elvis, Tom Cruise for Top Gun Maverick, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. I have seen two of these performances. I've seen Austin Butler and Elvis. He did a really good job kind of getting into the character of Elvis Presley, uh, but I don't know that the movie overall was as impressive. Tom Cruise in Top Gun Maverick surprises me here. It's a great spectacle movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. But Tom Cruise doesn't really do a whole lot for his performance. It's just kind of your typical robotic Tom Cruise character and performance. So I'm surprised that he got nominated here, even though it was the most watched film at the box office all year. Uh, the two frontrunners are probably Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inna Sharon and Brendan Fraser for The Whale. But because Banshees of Inisherin overall got better reviews, way better reviews than The Whale, I'm going to give my win to Colin Farrell. Uh, I will say that I've heard great things about Paul Mescal and After Sun and Bill Nye and Living, but I just don't feel like those two movies will be as seen by the critics or, or people in general. Uh, so they may stand a tougher chance at, at winning this honor. Uh, so Colin Farrell, Banshees of Inisherin is my choice to win this, this award. Who, who do you have? So, um, you know, one of the things that I saw a lot this year, um, you know, all over like movie pages that I was following was talking about Brendan Fraser's performance in The Whale. Um, and I know that there was some controversy a little bit over his role, um, but I've heard so many good things about that performance. I haven't seen it. I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to seeing it from what I've heard, um, about it. Um, and, um, so I, so something just tells me that I feel like the critics will not really care about some of those things that like other voters may care about. And, um, so, you know, like, I feel like they really do stick to like performance stuff and there's not as, I don't feel like there's as much politics, and when it comes to critics, I mean, like, I feel like they're there a little bit, maybe, but I don't feel like they're as prevalent at other award shows. Um, and um, so I don't know, something just tells me that that performance is, you know, they're going to remember it and honoring for it. Um, but I do think that um, if it's not him, that it will be either Colin Farrell or Austin Butler. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's there's a good chance there. Um, a lot of people are raving about Austin Butler and his performance is really good, but man, the movie overall, 
it, it's good, but it definitely has some flaws too. One of them being that it's too long. Uh, but the controversy you were talking about with Brandon Fraser, from what I understand, is that it's because he wore, wears a fat suit in the movie. But Brendan Fraser is playing a his character is six hundred plus pounds, uh, suffering from major obesity. Uh, and I think the thing is, people are like, "Well, get a get an obese person to play the role." But good luck finding a six hundred plus pound actor who has the type of talent as Brendan Fraser. So I, I think that's much ado about nothing, personally. Yeah, I, I agree. Let's go to the nominees for best supporting actor, and they are Paul Dano for The Fablemans, Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Inisherin. Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, Barry Keegan for The Banshees of Inisherin, Ki Hui Kwan for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway. The only performance I've seen in this category, unfortunately, thus far is Brian Tyree Henry and Causeway, which is a great little movie you can find on Apple TV Plus that also stars Jennifer Lawrence, who honestly, I think she should have been nominated for Best Actress in Causeway. Uh, it's a great naturalistic performance by Brian Tyree Henry, but I don't think he stands much of a chance. He probably has the least chance of winning this honor, uh, just because I don't know that a lot of people have seen that movie. Um I have already picked the Banshees of Inisherin to win three of these major uh, movie awards, but I'm going to go with number four here. I think Brendan Gleeson is probably uh, the the front runner by a decent margin, uh, maybe over Ki Hui Kwan in second place, or even Judd Hirsch if Paul Dano doesn't take some of his votes away. Uh, so uh, Brendan Gleeson is my projected winner for Best Supporting Actor at the Critics' Choice Awards. Who do you have? So I'm I'm actually really agreeing with you in that um it's I definitely feel like it's kind of between Gleason and Quan, um I um I'm I'm predicting it to be Quan because I feel like I feel like they're gonna want to with 14 nominations I feel like they are gonna want to reward everywhere everything everywhere all at once with at least one acting win and um I don't think that that's gonna happen in Best Actress um with Michelle Yeoh and I feel like that would probably be the next best can win best case for it winning us an acting one and so i feel like with this one being a little more wide open that this one might be the one where they're like okay this is where we'll give everything everywhere all at once an acting win and his performance was really good in it um but i definitely think brendan gleason stands a very strong chance as well yeah, and, and I don't know if this is a bit of uh, category fraud either because I haven't seen the movie yet. It's possible that he could really be a uh, co-lead with Colin Farrell, but it definitely seems like he's going to take the supporting actor category in all of the major film awards uh, in the next couple of months. Let's go on to Best Supporting Actress. The nominees are Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Jesse Buckley for Women Talking, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inisherin. Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Stephanie Sue for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And Janelle Monet for Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. I believe the actress's name is Latasha Lynch in The Woman King. And a lot of people were raving about her performance this year, so I'm surprised not to see her nominated in this category. If she had been nominated, she may have been my choice to win it. Uh, I think this one's pretty wide open especially because I think there's a good chance Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sue could could uh, split the vote for everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, a lot of people are leaning toward Angela Bassett winning this award. Uh, but I am going to... This, this is probably my biggest uh, reach 
bit of a prediction, but I'm going to predict that Janelle Monet is going to win Best Supporting Actress for her her surprising, and I don't even want to say because it it's a little bit of a spoiler, but we'll just say her surprising performance in Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Where are you going on this one, Tyler? So, you know, I completely agree with you. Like, you know, I feel like an actor, an actress, and even supporting actor, I feel like we can really narrow those down to probably two or three. But, like, I literally could see Bassett, Condon, Curtis, Mo- or Monet, like, being up there. Like, I literally could see all four of them. Um, what made so this it- hard for me is I can see all six of them winning, even even Lee Curtis and, and Stephanie Sue from, from the same film. Yeah. Well, and let me tell you one thing. Um, you know, like I know um I've been reading like a lot of predictions and like people are predicting Jamie Lee Curtis to win um everything for everything everywhere all at once at the Golden Globes, which I know that's kind of more of a, you know, star-studded one. Um so that would not be why, but I will tell you like I, I absolutely love Jamie Lee Curtis. She's been one of my favorite actresses for years. I've loved everything she's done. And I'm not understanding the buzz around this performance. Like I'm really not. I thought it was good i don't think like if i feel like if you know she wouldn't have been in a film that just got as big as this one did i really just feel like she's kind of riding the coattail of it along with her you know status as a hollywood icon um i but i don't i don't really get the buzz and i love her i'm saying this as somebody that absolutely loves her and um um so i mean i do think that uh, um, Curtis, I, I feel like it could be Jamie Lee Curtis, but this is actually going to be the category where I predict a Banshee's event is Sharon win. Okay. Um, I'm going to predict um, it to be Carrie Condon because um, I do feel like the Banshee's event is Sharon is going to win an acting award, and I think this one is going to be where it happens. Yeah, we, we've uh, done six major film categories for the Critics' Choice Awards, and I predicted the Banshees of Inishirin would win four of those six awards. <laughs> and the one that you predict them to win is not one of the ones that I predicted. <laughs> um, I could be very well underestimating everything everywhere all at once here, because as we said multiple times, including at the top of the show, it leads all films with 14 total nominations. I don't have it winning any of these six major ones. I'm sure it's going to do well in some of the other categories, but I, I I might be underestimating it quite a bit here. Do you have anything you want to add about these uh, these six film categories we've discussed before uh, we move on to the television side of things? Um, no, only to say that um, I will tell you that, like you know, Glass. One of the films that I have seen is Glass Onion, and I've out. Um, the sequel to that um, knives out. And uh, let me tell you, like I would love to be proven wrong and to see judge Janelle Monet win. And for your prediction to be true, because I absolutely loved her in that performance. And I'm really hoping that she can even translate that into at least an Oscar nomination. I really am rooting for her. She's one of the ones like, you know, I have passion people every year that I'm very passionate about um, getting, you know, that, you know, somebody that might be on the bubble or whatever, like, I'm really wanting them to push through. And like, she's like one of those this year. Like, I'm like, I really want to see her there, <laughs> you know, a couple things I would like to say the best, I, I didn't see all that many movies in 2022, but the best one I did see was she said, which had zero nominations in this, in these categories. Uh, I, I think Zoe Kazan really should have been in the best actress uh, category. Uh, and I want to say that I think, um, um, Daniel Craig from uh, Glass Onion it had a better performance than Tom Cruise did in Top Gun Maverick. I know the spectacle is there in Top Gun, uh, but 
Uh, I think Daniel Craig would have been a better choice there over Tom Cruise. I think Viggo Mortensen uh, and Colin Farrell both from 13 Lives, which can be seen on Amazon, the story of the the uh, British uh, divers who saved the uh, Indonesian um, soccer team from the cave. I think they were both better than Tom Cruise. I know Farrell's already here for Benches of Inishirin, but Viggo Mortensen could have, could have taken that spot. So I'll just leave it at that, and we can go to the television awards. Now, I will be saying who I would like to win more in the television awards because I've seen way more of these nominated television series than I have the nominated films this year. I do plan to watch more of those films before the Oscars in about two months. Uh, and we will be on this topic a little bit longer because there we'll be discussing both drama and comedy. So it'll be about twice as long as the movie segment just was. We'll start with uh, the drama categories. The nominees for Best Drama Series at the Critics' Choice Awards are Andor on Disney+, Bad Sisters on Apple TV+, Better Call Saul on AMC, The Crown on Netflix, Euphoria on HBO, The Good Fight on Paramount+, House of the Dragon on HBO, Severance on Apple TV+, and Yellowstone on Paramount Network. We've got a couple series here that are that ended this year in Better Call Saul and The Good Fight. We've got some shows that have been on for quite a while now. The Crown, Yellowstone, uh, Euphoria has run two seasons, I believe. And then we have some uh, a handful of first seasons from House of the Dragon, Severance, Bad Sisters, and Andor. The critics love Better Call Saul more than other voting bodies, the Emmys, the Golden Globes, etc., it was the last season. It was a fairly well-reviewed last season. So I am going to predict that Better Call Saul is going to win out of these, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine nominated shows. I'm going to predict Better Call Saul is going to win here. Which one do you think is going to win? Um, I completely agree with you. You know, the, the Better Call Saul this last, I mean, it was already a very well-received show, but I feel like, you know, they received even their best reviews for even that show in this final season that it's up for and um i just feel like that this will be their way of you know kind of saying goodbye because and there's and there's i'm saying that like and i've seen shows like um um i watched the crown and house of the dragon and severance um and i love severance um and house of the dragon especially have seen severance i believe since we last uh did a a film uh or a a tv podcast so yes to, to get into that a little bit uh, but but where were you going about Better Call Saul again? Um, but yeah, but I just feel like this will. I feel like that you know they definitely will um, give it. I think it will be Better Call Saul. But um, you know, I, I definitely. I, I don't know. Like for this one, I just feel like that's what it's going to be. Like, I mean, because even even me being a huge House of the Dragon fan and Severance fan, I just don't. Even though they were great, and even though sometimes critics like to jump on bandwagons for first seasons of shows, I just I. I just feel like they're going to reward the one that's been on a while and say goodbye to it in a good way. Yeah. I never did get into the breaking bad, better call Saul. I, I hope to in the future, but I, I thus far haven't got into it. I know that's very controversial. I've seen uh, about half of these nominees, uh, bad sisters and Apple TV plus, which is a British import from Sharon Horgan who did catastrophe. Uh, that's a, a really good series, but I don't see it being an award-winning series. Uh, the crown season five, I think was the, I don't want to say worst, but it kind of was, but it was still really good. 
the Good Fights final season on Paramount Plus, I enjoyed quite a bit, uh, maybe more than past seasons. Uh, Severance uh, was my favorite drama TV show of the year. So if I had a vote, I would vote for Severance. And then Yellowstone is nominated, I believe, for its fourth season, even though it's already aired half of its fifth season. I thought the fourth season of Yellowstone was was pretty poor, in fact, even though I've enjoyed the fifth season quite a bit so far. Uh but so better call Saul is my predicted win. If I had a vote, I would give it to severance. Uh, what did you think of severance Tyler? And uh, would that be your choice uh, over house of dragon? You know, it, you know, it really would because, um, because even though I did love house of the dragon, it, it's, it's still fantastic, but it's, it's not completely living up to game of Thrones so far, which I mean, how could it really? Um, but I do think it's about as close as it could be, but severance was just so, I love shows like that that are just, you know, you just so just so good and so like, you know, it's like feels so fresh. Like it's so nice to see something that feels fresh. Um which, you know, when TV's been there's been so many TV shows for so many years. Um to have something like that come along that just feels like, whoa, I haven't seen anything like this before. You know, it it gets exciting. You know, it makes you excited about watching TV. I am shocked that there was only one acting nominee at the Critics' Choice Awards from Severance, because that entire cast is great. And there, we'll, we'll get to it more going forward, but, but man, all, to only have one nominee from that cast is just amazing to me. Yeah, it was Adam Scott, wasn't it, right? That We're going to Scott... get to right now in the Best Actor, but I'll talk about some of them that I believe weren't nominated when we get to them. Uh, but the Best Actor nominees for a drama are Jeff Bridges for The Old Man, Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, Diego Luna for Andor, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, Adam Scott for Severance, and Anthony Starr for The Boys. Um, I think Bob Odenkirk's going to win this for the final season of uh, Better Call Saul, much for the same reasons why uh, we agreed that the show's probably going to win. Do you, do you agree with Bob Odenkirk here? Yes, but yeah, and it really is pretty much the same reasoning as for drama series, honestly. Yeah. Um, if I had a, I've seen three of these performances. I've seen Adam Scott, of course, in Severance. Jeff Bridges is really impressive in The Old Man, which I actually watched around the holidays because uh, I didn't catch it when it first aired on FX. I had it on my DVR and it felt like it was time to get to it for the end of the year. He was really impressive. I enjoyed that show. Sterling K. Brown was always solid in This Is Us. It had its final season this year, and he's kind of been a stalwart in this category. But for the last, the, the final few seasons, I enjoyed Justin Hartley's performance more. Uh, on This Is Us, uh, my vote would definitely go to Adam Scott here for just a great uh, role in Severance, especially from a guy that a lot of people know more for comedies. Yes, I completely agree. You know, like it um, when I saw that he was one of the one of the things that kind of intrigued me to want to watch it and was seeing that he was the lead and that it was a drama, you know, because for years I watched him, you know, on Parks and Recreation, loved him in that role and um, was like, wow, this is really going to be something different for him. And he just delivered on all delivered it, delivered it 100% perfectly. Um, so, I mean, I haven't seen much of the, I think he's the only one I've seen actually. Um, yeah, he is. Um, so, I mean, obviously that'd be my vote, but um, certainly K Brown, I did watch in other seasons, but I kind of got out of this is us um, about like season three or four and I just haven't went back to it. So, but certainly K Brown was always fantastic, but but yeah, I do think it's going to be Bob Odenkirk to win, though. Uh, 
let's go to Best Actress in a Drama. The nominees are Christine Baranski for the final season of The Good Fight, Sharon Horgan for Bad Sisters, Laura Linney for Ozark, Mandy Moore for the final season of This Is Us, Kelly Riley for Yellowstone, and Zendaya for Euphoria. I have seen all but Laura Linney and Zendaya's performances. I believe Zendaya has won two Emmy Awards for that uh, performance. Is that correct? Or is yes. One? He has won twice. So I think that kind of makes her, I know there's a different voting body, but I think that makes Zendaya the front runner, runner to win here. So I'll predict her to win for Euphoria, even though it's one of the uh, only two performances I haven't seen in this category. Uh, Christine Baranski has always been great as Diane Lockhart on The Good Fight and The Good Wife before that. Uh, her character didn't really interest me as much in the final season of The Good Fight, but it's nice to see her here. If she was were to be recognized, uh, that would be nice to see. Sharon Horgan was good in Bad Sisters, but it was more of an ensemble performance, so maybe some of the actresses who played her sisters even overshone her a little bit. Uh, Kelly Riley plays my least favorite character on all of television. Uh, in uh, the character she plays of the Dutton family, uh, Beth Dutton in Yellowstone. But that's not so much on Kelly Riley because if she makes you hate that character so much, she's honestly doing a good job. Uh, but Mandy Moore would have my vote because I just loved her the entire six season run of This Is Us, and she just kept getting better as the season as the series went on, and she just was so emotional and just so great playing that character and mul- through multiple generations of her life. And this is us. So that would be my vote. And I'm still irritated that she wasn't nominated for an Emmy award for the final season of that series. Do you have one of these that you would like to see win? Um, so you're going to win first. Do you agree with the Zendaya pick? Yes, I 100% agree with the Zendaya pick. I think that, you know, she's definitely the front runner, you know, after those two Emmy wins. And like, I just feel like she, she definitely, um, I don't really see, this is one of those categories. I really just feel like it's as close to a, right in as possible you know possible really um um but but you know i did watch christine baranski in the good wife the entire good wife series and i've watched the first season of the good fight but i haven't watched any more but absolutely love her in that role i was very mad that she never won an emmy for it she was nominated like almost every year almost every season i think there was only one season she wasn't nominated um and she never won and i hated that because i thought she was fantastic in it um mandy moore i'm I'm mad that she didn't win an Emmy for the second season mm-hmm. when um, Jack died. I feel like that was that performance was like one of the best performances I've ever seen in television. And I hate that she didn't get her Emmy in season two. But um, well, yeah, think- but I do think it's going to be Zendaya for Euphoria to win. I think the critics have always been more on Mandy Moore's side than the Emmy voters. So maybe this is her shot. And- yeah, I mean, and, and let me tell you, I would not be upset if she won at all. Yeah. And I feel the need to go back and say that this is all that was also the final season for Ozark for Laura Linney, because I mentioned it was the final season of The Good Fight, and this is us. So also for Ozark. Do you have anything you want to add about Best Actress in a Drama Series before we move on to the supporting categories? Um, no. Okay. Uh, the nominees for Best Supporting Actor in a Drama Series are the most unique group of nominees I have ever seen for a television award and i don't think that's bad at all uh the nominees are andre brower for the final season of the good fight which was the only season of the series he was in ismail cruz cordova for the lord of the rings the rings of power michael emerson for evil which can be seen on paramount plus Giancarlo esposito for better call saul john lithgow for the old man and matt smith for house of the dragon 
you do not see a lot of these characters, actors, performers nominated in drama series a whole lot for these types of shows. I don't even know if that makes sense, but I'm just I'm almost kind of giddy for these guys, even though I've only seen three of these performances. Uh, I think Giancarlo Esposito is going to win for the final season of Better Call Saul as a character that he played very memorably on Breaking Bad. Of course, Better Call Saul is kind of a prequel for that. So I think he's going to win. Uh, Andre Brower was excellent in the final season of The Good Fight. I have always loved Michael Emerson as just this horrible villain on evil. And John Lithgow was very impressive in The Old Man, as he usually is in his TV roles. Uh, of those three performances I've seen, I would vote for Andre Brower. Probably not much of a surprise for people because they know how much I love Andre Brower if they've listened to me talk about his performance in, in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine over the years in these categories. Uh, but um, if somebody is going to have a chance at unseating Esposito, I'm going to assume it would probably be Matt Smith for the House of the Dragon, but I, I don't really know. Who, who do you think is going to win, and who would you like to see win if you've seen more? I know you've seen Matt Smith's performance. I'm not sure you've caught any of the others. Yeah, that's right. I haven't. I've seen uh, Matt Smith um, only, only his performance. Um, I'm a big um, Andre Brower fan, though. I, I only watched like the first three seasons of Brooklyn Nine Nine, but loved him. He was my favorite thing about the show when I did watch it. Um, so I'm excited to see him there. Um, you know, I, I do feel like it's going to be between Giancarlo Esposito and Matt Smith. Um, I'm predicting Smith to win, but it, I would not be shocked if Giancarlo Esposito ended up winning. I just feel like they will. I, I don't know. Part of me just feels like they're going to give House of Dragon a win somewhere. And I feel like this is probably the most wide open category that they could do it in. So I, for part of me just feels like that that will lead to them getting that one win. I don't know that they necessarily, the critics at least, feel that they have to uh, give any love to House of the Dragon, but but maybe you're right. Um, I will say one more thing before we go to Best Supporting Actress about the good fight. Uh, Andre Brower in this final season, one season, excellent. In season five, they had Mandy Patinkin for one season, excellent. In season four, I believe, it may have been three or four, I think it was four, they had Michael Sheen for one season and he was excellent. So the fact that that show, Robert and Michelle King, who who wrote and led that show, they also do Evil, so they have two different nominees in this category from their both of their shows. Uh, they bring in actors and they get the absolute most out of them for one season and it was just an amazing job uh but the nominees for best supporting actress in the drama series are millie alcock for house of the dragon carol burnett for better call saul jennifer coolidge for the white lotus julia garner for the final season of ozark audra mcdonald for the final season of the good fight and Rhea seahorn for the final season of better call saul Here's what I'm thinking. Rhea Seahorn has been the critics' favorite performer for years now on Better Call Saul. So she theoretically should be the winner of this category. But Carol Burnett, who came in in a guest role but did so many episodes, I guess she's a supporting actress. I don't even know if the Critics' Choice have a guest actor award. I don't think they do. I think there's a good chance people loved her so much and and the fact that she's an all-time TV legend that she may pull some votes from Rhea Seahorn. So while this might seem like an obvious win for Better Call Saul, I have actually slotted in Jennifer Coolidge from the second season of The White Lotus to win this award. What do you think? Um, you know, I, I agree with you. Like, um, I do feel this, this one just feels 
uh, so wide open to me, um, honestly. But, um, you know, but I do feel like Rhea Seahorn and Jennifer Coolidge with Carol Burnett as a possibility. Um, I will say um, just a shout out to Millie Alcock because she played um, the younger version of Rhaenyra on House of Dragon. And she played that role so well that, you know, hated that she that she's not there anymore because they, uh, you know, the time jump allows them to recast. And that's not really a spoiler because people see it, even the promotional stuff. Um, but, um, you know, like, but she's not there no more anymore. So like, and I'm, I was really glad to see her get this nomination because I thought she was fantastic. Um but I do think it's going to be Jennifer um, Coolidge for the White Lotus. But I would not be shocked if um, a Better Call Saul did win this category with either Burnett or Seahorn. I've only seen one of these performances. is by far the TV category I've seen the least from, and that was Audra McDonald from The Good Fight. I always viewed her as kind of a co-lead to Christine Baranski, but because Baranski is the reason for this series and Audra McDonald didn't show up until I believe the second season of The Good Fight, I guess her being in Supporting Actress is just fine. Uh, she would get my vote by default just because it's the only performance I've seen. Uh, Julia Garner's won multiple Emmy Awards. I don't know if that'll translate uh, uh, to uh, getting support from the um, critics, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go on to the comedy categories now. Uh, and as I said uh, at the beginning of the show, Ab- Abbott Elementary led all TV series with six nominees at the Critics' Choice Awards. So it'll obviously be said a lot in the TV comedy categories. The nominees for Best Comedy Series are Abbott Elementary, ABC, Barry, HBO, The Bear, FX Production, but it is on Hulu, Better Things, FX, Ghosts, CBS, Hacks, HBO Max, Reboot, Hulu, and Reservation Dogs, which is also an FX production that can only be seen on Hulu. Um, Abbott Elementary is, I think, going to win this. They had the most overall nominees. It just makes sense. Uh, I think of the nominees, it's probably the fourth best show of these. So I'm not so sure that it should win. Uh, I would give my vote to The Bear, which recently was listed number one on my 10 best TV shows of 2022 uh, list, which you can read on the word webzine.weebly.com on the TV section. I thought The Bear was absolutely amazing. Along with Barry, it's probably the least funniest comedy in this category. But I don't think that really matters a whole lot, as long as the TV show is great overall. So Abbott Elementary is going to win. I think the Bears should win. Where, where are you going? And, and have you seen many of these? Um, so the only I've actually only seen um, two of these. Um, I've seen Abbott Elementary and Hacks. Okay. And um, um, I do Hacks think, you know. Second cha- choice, by the way, uh, behind the Bear. Oh yeah, yeah. Hacks was the second season. That was just so so fantastic. Um, um, was too. But um, you know, like I, I do, I do think with Abbott Elementary leading the nominations, this is just you know one of the categories that I do feel like that's what's going to be what happens. Yep. Uh, let's go on to best actor in a comedy series. I have seen every single performance in this category. Most of them are great. Uh, the nominees are Matt Berry, What We Do in the Shadows, Bill Hader, Barry, Keegan-Michael Key, Reboot, Steve Martin, Only Murders in the Building, Jeremy Allen White, The Bear, and DeFaro Wunate, Reservation Dogs. It's interesting that Steve Martin is nominated, but Martin Short is not for Only Murders in the Building. I believe this is the first time I've seen that from any TV award show since that show started. 
Uh, all of these performances are great, except for maybe Keegan-Michael Key. I liked his performance in Reboot, but Reboot's just not near as good as any of these other shows that have been nominated in these categories. Uh, I love Matt Berry a lot from what we do in the shadows. I think he should have won this award in the past, but I'm not sure that he had a better season than Kai Van Novak uh, also on the show. I think Bill Hader is going to win. His performance was incredibly dramatic, but I still think he's going to win best actor in a comedy series. Uh, where do you think this is going to go? So, you know, I, um, you know, I feel like, um, you know, Bill Hader is definitely the one, somebody that I think could win 100%. Um, so I've been, I, so I, my prediction is to, um, for Jeremy Allen White for the bear to win. Um, and I just feel like it's just a show that like they really did fall in love with. And I think that this will be a way for them to reward him because I don't think that they will reward the show with comedy series. Um, but I do think Bill Hader stands a very good chance. In fact, I went between the two of them several times um, because I definitely could see Bill Hader winning and would not be shocked at all if it happened, but I, but by predicting it to be Jeremy Allen White. Well, that's awesome because I kind of went back and forth with those two and Jeremy Allen White is who I penciled in as would like to win. Uh, also another just really dramatic performance, but because it's in a 30 minute show that has comedic aspects, he's also in this category. Uh, it's interesting how Bill Hader and Jeremy Allen White are giving two of the best dramatic performances in television uh, in 2022, and they're both in the comedy category. Um, <laughs> which one of these have you seen? Um, you know, in this category, I haven't seen any of them. Um, uh, you're missing out on some of the best shows on TV. Yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely got several of these on my watch list and just haven't got to them yet. All right, let's go into the Best Actress in a Comedy Series nominees, and they are Christina Applegate for the final mm-hmm. season of, uh, I believe, Dead Like Me. I accidentally wrote Netflix down, which is where it is, but I'm pretty sure the show is Dead Like Me. Um, or Dead to Me. Which one, which one is it? Of Dead to Me. Dead to Me, sorry. Uh, so Christina Applegate for Dead to Me, Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary, Kaylee Cuoco for the final season of The Flight Attendant, Renee, Renee Elise Goldsberry for Girls 5 Eva, Devereaux Jacobs for Reservation Dogs, and Jean Smart for Hacks. I think Quinta Brunson's going to win this one for Abbott Elementary. What, what do you think? Um, so, you know, this is actually one of the categories that I've definitely seen the most performances in probably out of any of the categories. Uh-huh. Um, cause I've seen Applegate, Brunson, Cuoco, and Gene Smart too. Mm-hmm. So I've seen four of these performances. Um, if I was voting, I would give it to Gene Smart for hacks. I mean, she just continued to be fantastic as Deborah Vance in the um, second season and just, I, definitely my favorite performance um i do think you know like but i do think the critics um will give it to quinta brunson though um because that they're not like a lot of these other shows that will just keep giving it to the same person um you know and i just you know like and i feel like they will give it to brunson well here's what i thought i also penciled in jade like you for would like to see win and here's the thing gene smart's won every single award imaginable for hacks and some would say that if let other people win. And I almost, you know, was tempted to go there with Devery Jacobs from Reservation Dogs because I've loved her performance for two seasons now on that show. But ultimately, I say, screw it. If you're the best, you're the best, and you should be the winner. So that's why I have Gene Smart penciled in as would like to win. But I do think they're going to go with Quinta Brunson. 
All right, mm-hmm. let's get to the uh, supporting categories. The best supporting actor in a comedy series nominees are Brandon Scott Jones for Ghosts, Leslie Jordan for Call Me Cat, James Marsden for Dead to Me, Chris Perfetti for Abbott Elementary, Tyler James Williams for Abbott Elementary, and Henry Winkler for Fairy. I think Henry Winkler's going to win. I would like to see Henry Winkler win again. Barry and Winkler's performance by far way more dramatic than these other cat- uh, other nominees, except for I haven't seen the third season of Dead to Me. But but I, I would. But this is the only one tonight that I have will win and would also like to see win as the same. Uh, so let me talk about some other performances. I love Tyler James and Abbott Elementary. Deadpan's great. Uh, and I think he would be my runner-up here. Chris Perfetti, Abbott Elementary, gets on my nerves a little bit. He's my least favorite performance on that show. Brandon Scott Jones is really funny in Ghost, but I do think that there are characters on that show that are funnier. I really have a hard time with Leslie Jordan being nominated here, and I don't want to sound like a Grinch or like a bad guy, but Leslie Jordan is only nominated for Call Me Cat because Leslie Jordan died this year. Uh, and I don't think that that's right for, for people to do, for people to throw his name in there just because that, especially when there are better performances like maybe Anthony Kerrigan from Barry, uh, maybe Lane Factor from Reservation Dogs, uh, and I could probably go, oh, definitely Ebon Moss Bacharach from, from The Bear, uh, which may be the best performance on uh, as from a supporting actor on any comedy this year. Uh, so I, I don't like that Leslie Jordan is in there, and because he died, he may end up getting the sympathy vote and win the whole damn thing. What do you think? Yeah, I will say that, like, when I was, when nominations first came out, that was the one that really stuck out to me, because I was like, man, I have not, he has not been on any award radar anywhere (laughs) until this. I watched the first two episodes of that first season. The show is absolute terrible. Yeah, and and I never watched it, um, but, um, yeah, it definitely felt, I was like, man, I have never seen him anywhere. And like, he passed away and then he got this nomination. And I was like, and I'm saying this as somebody that loves him to death. Oh my gosh, I'm Will and Grace. Will and Grace. Loved him. Loved him. Um, but yes, and Will and Grace. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, like, and I've seen in this category, I've seen um, um, James Marsden and Dead to Me, Chris Perfetti and Abbott Elementary, and Tyler James Williams in Abbott Elementary. Um, if I had a vote out of those, it would be Tyler James Williams for Abbott Elementary. Um, don't really understand why James Marsden is here at all. Um, <laughs> honestly, um, I love the show and I love him, but Barry was, very, it was, his was definitely one of the most nominations that to me was the, one of the most shocking um, in, um, for him to get in. Um, but I do think that um, since I'm not predicting Bill Hader to win and actor, I do think that Barry will win somewhere, and I think that it will win here with um, Henry Winkler. Yeah, uh, I don't really have anything about this category to say other than uh, you need to get on the ghosts of uh, band, uh, you know, uh, bandwagon, uh, Tyler, because I think you'd really enjoy ghosts. The probably what is CBS? CBS, or you can watch it on Paramount Plus. Oh, okay. Um, best supporting actress will be our last category tonight in a comedy series, and the nominees are Polina Alexis, Reservation Dogs, Io Edebury from The Bear, Marsha Gay Harden from Uncoupled, which apparently apparently a series on Netflix. Who knew? Janelle James from Abbott Elementary, Annie Potts from Young Sheldon, 
and Cheryl Lee Ralph from Abbott Elementary. Tyler, would you like for me to pick who's going to win and who should win first, or would you like to hear my rant first? Um, go ahead with go ahead with the rant. How in the blankety blank is Hannah Einbinder from Hacks not nominated in this category? I did a top 10 characters slash performances list last month for the end of the year, and I had Hannah Einbinder's performance as Ava Daniels in the second season of Hacks at number one on my list. I don't understand how Marsha Gay Harden in a show that nobody has seen, I did not even know existed, is nominated. And freaking Annie Potts from Young Sheldon? How is this a possibility and Hannah Einbinder is just apparently going to be sitting at home on her couch come uh, come Sunday when the Critics' Choice Awards happen. How is that possible? Yeah, that was definitely prob- probably to me one of the biggest snubs. It um, is far the biggest snub, in my opinion. Um, so, you know what's funny is that I've actually seen Uncoupled. <laughs> really? So <laughs> it doesn't... But I, what's funny about that, though, it's um, a show with Neil Patrick Harris... Um, in it and he's like with um his boy his partner for a long time and his partner breaks up with him all of a sudden and ends up dating somebody else so he's back in the dating life um you know like at a older you know i mean not much older but you know at an older age and it's kind of like dealing with those um you know aspects and um marcia gay harden's character is somebody that he comes into contact with and she's going through a breakup as well and um but um yeah uh, even though I've seen it, though, I don't understand her nomination, um, especially because I've seen her performance and I've seen Hannah Einbinder's, too. So I completely agree with you there um, with her not getting in and Marsh. I don't I don't see it, honestly. Um, but, I, um, you know, so I've seen that performance and then I've seen the two Abbott Elementary performances for Janelle James and Cheryl Lee Ralph. Um you know, and I, I think, you know, I was so, I'm so glad that those two seem to be getting a lot of the nominations for supporting actress. Cause I definitely think those are the two best supporting actresses on the show for Abbott elementary. Um, but I, I, I'm predicting it to be Cheryl Lee Ralph to win after, you know, she won the Emmy and mm-hmm. um, definitely I just love her. And like, she's, she's kind of made a, you know, with her um, speech at the Emmys last year too, I feel like people are like more, even more aware of her. Like when you do things like that, sometimes you stick out a little more in people's minds. And um, I think that, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be Cheryl Lee Ralph. I agree that I think it's going to be Cheryl Lee Ralph. Some, somewhat considered that there could be vote splitting between her and Janelle James, but that didn't affect uh, her at the Emmy. So I don't suppose it could affect her as critics choice either. But now that I've done my Einbinder um, rant, let me tell you about two really great things in this category. Io Edabiri was number three on that list that I spoke about a few minutes ago of my favorite characters of the year. Her performance in The Bear is perfection. I might jump on my coffee table if she were to win this award. So that's <laughs> what I would like to win. But also, Paulina Alexis from Reservation Dogs, she plays the character Willie Jack for two seasons has just been so great on that show. And these are both shows that can be watched on Hulu, but they're both FX FX productions and they are two of the finest shows on television. I highly recommend them everywhere. So the Edaberry and the Alexis performances, I'm just so happy that they're in this category, even if Hannah Einbinder is not. Uh, I don't, I don't get any love for young Sheldon at all. And Annie Potts here. I know she's a TV legend, but I just don't get that. Um, 
we found out today, Tyler, because we both watch television, uh, uh, live television through uh, YouTube TV, which is a great service. But we found out that even though YouTube TV does carry CW, for some reason, our local CW is not on the service. So we may not even get to watch the Critics' Choice Awards live, unfortunately. Yeah, I've, I've actually literally, like after you texted me earlier about that, I've literally just been trying to research and I'm like, I'm going to try to find some way that I can watch it because <laughs> I've watched it every year. Um, so I've just every year since I've followed, started following award shows with Moulin Rouge um, so next, in 2001. So so, next week, when the uh, Critics' Choice Awards are airing is the first weekend of the NFL playoffs. How weird do you think it would be if like I walked into a sports bar and said, can you turn it to the CW for the Critics' <laughs> Forget footballers. Um. No, I'll probably be watching that as well. Uh, but uh, that's pretty much all I have for the Critics' Choice Awards. Uh, do you have anything you want to add before we uh, say goodbye? Um, no, nothing I can think of. All right, I just want to remind people that they can review us and rate us anywhere they're listening to this podcast. And please check out our website, thewordmagazine.weebly.com. All right, Tyler, you have a good one. You do. Actually, I do want to say one thing. I'm sorry. Go for it. Go for it. So Taylor Swift, everybody that listens knows that what? I love Taylor Swift. And she was nominated for Best Original Song for Where the Crawdads Sing for Carolina. Would love to see that win. I know we didn't talk about that category. Would love to see that win for her. Love Taylor. Don't don't you like the Lady Gaga song better? Yes. What's crazy? I'm telling you, this is why. This is just where it's like Swift, where like the Swifty part is just so crazy. Because Hold My Hand is like, I've seen it perform live too. It's fantastic. Love it. And I do think it's the better song, but I just cannot go against Taylor winning. <laughs> just, and but I don't know because it would be undeserved. I feel like, but I still would. I will be jumping on my coffee table if AOA Debris wins, and you will be jumping up on yours or whatever you jump up on at your house if Taylor Swift wins. Yes, yeah, you should have saw saw me when folk she won for folklore for album of the year. We got her third. For getting Taylor Swift into our 5,000th The Word podcast. Yeah, had to throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> okay.